0: You are listening to the Reality Steve Podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Matt's season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve.
1: Hey, 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 what's up, everyone? Welcome to podcast number 224. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Got a good show for you today. First off, we're going to talk about what's going on in Bachelor Nation, and then for our weekly segment with someone from the Temptation Island Season 3, Couple World, it is Kendall Kirkland. He's come under a lot of fire after these uh, first three episodes, so we talk uh, about him, about his journey, how he got there, and some of the stuff we've seen uh, up through three episodes. We'll get to that momentarily. A lot to get to, though starting with Bachelor Nation. And for the first time I can remember in 224 podcasts, I'm actually recording this open on the morning that I post it because I wanted to have my thoughts on Chris Harrison's interview this morning on GMA with Michael Strahan. If you haven't seen it, I've put the video up on my Twitter feed. It'll be in today's column, and you can check it out there if you missed it. Um, just really disappointing in the whole interview. I mean, so robotic and rehearsed. I mean, all you have to do is listen to how Chris spoke with Rachel versus how he spoke with Michael Strahan. And it's night and day. It almost literally looked like Chris was looking down and to the left at his notes. It just didn't seem sincere. It seemed so scripted. Like, I, we all knew what he was going to say. I'm sorry, doing the work or whatever. And... He said all the things we expected him to say, but even Michael Strahan at the end of the interview was like, yeah, that was about as surface level as you can get. I, we'll see. You got A guy obviously wants to keep his job. And look, Chris said what we expected him to say. He's now working with a race educator and strategies, even throughout the name, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson. And that's great. I mean, that's what we expect Chris has to do to do the work. And kind of unlearn these thoughts that he's had in his head for 49 years. And it looks like he's doing his best, and that's great. But he can do all that and not be the host of this show. Like, if you bring Chris Harrison back, and assuming you bring back the same production team, and as we'll get to momentarily, Katie is set to be the Bachelorette, what exactly has changed? And here we are. Over three weeks removed from Chris Harrison's interview with Rachel Lindsay and the show and the network, neither the show or the network, has addressed any of this and said, this is our plan going forward. This is how we're going to address matters. Here's here's what we're going to do about our vetting process. Whatever the case may be, it's unfathomable to me that this show and the network has not addressed this and said, what their plan is going forward. It's uh, it's it's unreal. Um, but I'm telling you, just like Ashley and I discussed on Tuesday night when we heard Chris Harrison was set to do an interview with Michael Strahan, to me that was, he ain't going anywhere. Like Chris clearly went on the show today and even said, I want to keep this job and I plan to keep my job. I mean, that's not his decision. It's ultimately ABC's decision. But, I mean, if they're really interested in making change and they're really interested in diversity and moving forward and not having their franchise associated with racism, I don't know how you bring this guy back at this point. So they either take a stand and are like, yeah, we're doing things different, and it starts at the top. Our mouthpiece of the show is now gone. Or you just continue with status quo and like, yeah, I mean, put it this way. If Chris Harrison hosts The Bachelorette, you're telling me that he unlearned everything in one month? His interview with Rachel was on February 9th. If he starts filming Bachelorette, that'll be around March you know, 18th to the 25th, somewhere in there. Okay, so he took he took five weeks off, and now we're supposed to believe he's all set and ready to go? He's done the learning he's needed to do? Makes no sense. It's frankly embarrassing. So, but I i mean, I can't, I, I have no idea. I don't know have any idea if he's hosting Bachelorette or Paradise or whatever. But I don't think he's done with this franchise. And the fact that ABC still can't make a decision or announce whether or not He's coming back if, and, or when makes me think that he is. It's just a matter of when they're going to say he is. So, it's unfortunate. So, just moving forward, we'll see what happens. But, um, it almost like seems like this was the start of the Chris Harrison Rehabilitation Tour. And it started on GMA. And we're going to hear him in other places. I'm sure Chris is going to go on Rachel's podcast and he's going to have to lay it out there and apologize and say all the things. But I look, for this show to move forward, and if they really are interested in making change, and like we can't keep the status quo, just bring in a new host. But it doesn't seem like that's where it's headed. But I guess time will tell. All right, I want to talk about um, the finale and the ending. Obviously, what I reported earlier this season, you know, Matt chose Rachel at the end, and the only other thing I really had about the finale ending was um, he let Michelle go early, and that was it. And then two weeks ago, I said, Matt and Rachel have broken it off. They are no longer together. So I have this in today's column. It's going to be up on my Instagram story and my feed. But verbally, if you're hearing this first... Here's the breakdown of how the rest of the season goes. So the overnight dates, Bree, Rachel, Michelle, we all know Bree goes home um, at the rose ceremony after the overnight dates. At some point after the final three rose ceremony, they bring Matt's dad in to talk to Matt. Really affects him. A lot of you have asked, you know, did Matt know? Was he giving a heads up that his dad was coming in? I don't know. My guess would be that they didn't tell him his dad was coming in. Because they would want a genuine reaction from him when he did. And um, I think we got that. But I don't have the exact answer as to did Matt know if they did tell him. Was it 10 minutes before he showed up? Did he know a couple days in advance? Like I don't know. So at some point after the final three rose ceremony, I think after the – at some point, he meets, obviously, we sh- we saw the clip last week. He meets his dad, which I had told you about a few weeks ago. Now, we're down to the final two, Rachel and Michelle. Both of them meet his mother. On the night portion of his d- final date with Michelle, uh, she gives him some jerseys for the two of them. However, that's when he breaks it off with her. Um, basically, says he loves Michelle, but he's not in love with her. The old... <laughs> I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Um, and Michelle suspects that it's Rachel, and you know it's because of Rachel. And he confirms it. And um, the next day is supposed to be Rachel's final date. You know, you know how this goes. They meet the meet the parents, <clears throat> and then the next day each get a final date. Michelle gets hers at the nighttime portion. He dumps her, so the next day is supposed to be Rachel's final date, and it gets canceled. Um, I guess the breakup with Michelle and you know, meeting his dad kinda all catches up to him. He's emotional and basically doesn't know if he can continue doing this. And so that that morning where it was supposed to be Michelle a uh, Rachel's date, um, uh, it's cancelled. Chris shows up at Rachel's door and says it's canceled. Matt is just confused, doesn't know what to do. So the day, that, the day that was supposed to be Rachel's date, nothing happens. The next day, I mean, at this point, the show is clearly making you think that Matt's going to leave the show single. That's that's the hook because he just ended things with Michelle, so there's only one girl left. It's Rachel, but then he cancels his date with her. So they clearly they want you to think he's going to end the show single. Um, the following day, after Rachel's date was supposed to take place, Rachel gets a letter under her door from Matt apologizing for canceling their date the day before, and basically the letter says to meet him at the lake where they had their overnight date. When Rachel arrives at the lake, it's set up like a final rose ceremony. She tells him how much she was hurt by the fact that he canceled the final date, you don't run from love, going gets tough, all this stuff. Matt tells her at this final rose ceremony he can't propose to her, but he loves her and he can't picture his life without her. She accepts the final rose. They leave as a couple. There's no engagement and there's no promise ring either. So the part about the promise ring that I reported a couple weeks ago, that ended up being wrong too. There's just nothing. It's essentially an agreement to continue dating. So post-show, a couple weeks ago, after spending Valentine's Day weekend together, Matt broke it off with Rachel. I know there's a lot of stuff out there in the media. There's people from his side talking. There's people from her side talking. I don't really know, and I haven't really gotten a clear answer of why Matt broke up with her. I mean, I guess we'll see what he says on the After the Final Rose, which tapes tomorrow. Uh, What I do know is after their last weekend together, which was Valentine's Day weekend, and then it continued, um, I think it was a full week together. From what I was told, they spent a full week together that covered, that crossed over Valentine's Day weekend. Right after he got back, he broke it off with her. Um I haven't heard anything in regards to him getting back with Michelle or Bree. That's not going to happen at the final rose ceremony. So don't expect that. Um, There's not going to be any reconciliation with Rachel, as far as I know. There's this latest rumor going around that he's been hanging with Heather Martin. There's nothing to that. It's wrong. Um, I don't know. I mean, people look at Instagram stories and see the same location and think that they're dating or they're seeing each other. They're not. So no worries there. Um, I haven't heard anything of the such, and I, I don't I don't buy that for a second. So, that's where we're at with the what you're going to see the rest of the season. Yesterday, the news broke that um, I, I posted the spoiler that it's going to be Katie for next Bachelorette. I expect that announcement probably to happen tomorrow at the after the final rose, but I was told it was happening in the next few days, and I was like, okay, well, it makes all the sense in the world to be after the final rose. Katie hasn't posted a thing on Instagram or social media all week, pretty much because she's in quarantine in L.A. and doesn't have her phone. And it's like, well, there's no other reason for Katie to be in L.A. and quarantining if they're not going to announce her as Bachelorette. At, tomorrow's after the final rose taping. Not to mention I had three different people tell me, yeah, it's her. So initially on Women Tell All taping weekend, which was February 4th, I had reported that she was going to be the Bachelorette. Then everything happened in this franchise and went to hell, and I was told they're back to the drawing board and not going to be her. They, they're going in a different direction. Well, apparently when they went back to the drawing board, they still decided Katie was the one. I guess there's a possibility that it never changed, and the info I got in the middle happened to be wrong, and they were just never going off Katie. They were just putting the decision uh, out a little bit, little bit longer and waiting to announce her. I guess that's possible. the bottom line is is it's Katie. It was going to be Katie after Women Tell All Weekend, and as I reported, and now it is, and it's going to be her, and we should be hearing that announcement. Either it's going to come down at the After the Final Rose taping, which will air on the night of March 15th, or we're going to hear it come down uh, through some other means, and she'll be announced that way. But, you know, I, I have no problem with Katie as the Bachelorette. I'm fine with it. I do think they could have, with everything going down, they absolutely had a, a, a great crop of women anywhere between, you know, Abigail, Piper, Michelle, Brie, um, who am I missing? Abigail, Piper, Michelle, Brie, or Serena, you know, and Serena P. Throw her in there, too. If they would have went with any of them, I, I think it would have been fine. Katie? Okay. You know, I, I get that the angle. You know, you we got to remember, every time they pick a lead for the show – they're always thinking about what's our what's our theme, what's our storyline, and clearly Katie is the thirty year old sex positive girl. There's going to be a gazillion, you know, dildo jokes out of the limo on the first night, and there's going to be a lot of sex themed dates like this show loves to do anyway. So now they got the perfect girl for this for this role. Like I I get why they're putting Katie in there, um, but you had other choices that you could have gone with and you know it's it is what it is it's whatever i i think they could have done someone else am i thinking katie is the worst choice ever for bachelorette no she'll be fine i just think they had uh uh, they could have and they should have probably recast like i heard they were going to and um they didn't so we'll be hearing that uh announcement coming momentarily and just to wrap things up um you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things being said behind the scenes. I don't know when uh, the Sun became the ultimate tabloid when it came to this franchise. It seems like so many. It seems like the Sun is releasing a story every single day, and it's like Matt sources tell us this. Sources close to Rachel tell us this. It's like, and it's almost like contradicting information. And I don't really understand. I mean they're just putting out content every day to get clicks I guess but um there's going to be stuff coming I I believe you know after after this breaks tomorrow with the after the final rose hopefully I'll hear something um before the finale airs in terms of what happens at the after the final rose um but I uh there's just a there's just so many things that are kind of happening that I, I, I'm, I'm kind of confused on. Like I said, I still don't know why Matt broke up with Rachel. I, I think it's, I it, it seems like it's because of her, of everything that's uh, come up about her, and it was something to where I, I just think this guy, the PR hit that he would take if he stayed with her, played a major role. I think production played a role in just kind of hearing how things are going, but... It's tough to know. Um, I I'm, I'm I want to hold judgment until I find out what happens at the after the final rose and what and what he actually says, and then just kind of take it from there. But um, you know, we'll see. I I think there's um, while we know the while we know how the rest of the season plays out, we still need to see what happens at the after the final rose, and then with Katie's announcement coming as bachelorette, um, I think that there's going to be some things come out coming out there from former contestants, not former contestants, Um, from Matt's women. You've already seen some of it online after the Women Tell All aired on Monday. That, um, you know, I don't think Katie was everybody's favorite in the house, which the edit she got showed the complete opposite. So you've already seen people allude to it. I've heard things here and there. Don't know how much truth there is to it, but certainly seems like there's something there because there's a lot of women and from his season that aren't, seemingly posting positive things about katie and it'll be interesting to see when katie is announced as the bachelorette how many are congrats girl you go girl kill it girl let's see how many of those posts show up on instagram um and from who and who stays silent because i think that says a lot because normally when the announcement is made a lot of the people in that person's on that person's season will congratulate them i'm curious to see how many people congratulate katie Because I've heard... And look, not that she's a horrible person or anything like that. I just think she rubbed people the wrong way in the house from everything that I'm hearing. And some of the evidence of that is on Instagram captions this week. So we'll see. We'll see who congratulates her. We'll see who makes shady comments about it. And we'll see who says nothing. So expect that going forward. But us going forward in this podcast, number 224... We're still talking Temptation Island. We're going to have someone on from Temptation Island every week. I figured um, I wanted to get you out the uh, exclusive spoilers for the rest of the season and what to expect going forward. And uh, and so I didn't have a guest this week. And now in terms of uh, um, a major, a main guest to start out with, because I'm always going to have a Temptation Island guest on until the end of the season, which is another nine weeks or so. So, uh, last week, Tom and Chelsea from the show. This week, Kendall Kirkland. It's a good one. Podcast number 224. Okay, uh, let's bring him in. He is one half of the Kendall and Erica couple on Season 3 of Temptation Island, airing Tuesday nights on USA Network ten nine Central. It is Kendall Kirkland. Kendall, how you doing?
0: I'm doing well, man. I'm, I'm enjoying the season so far. i liking everything that I'm seeing, and I'm feeling good.
1: So, before we get started with... Things that have already aired, I, as I spoke with Tom and Chelsea last week, I want to go over the kind of the background of you guys and you in particular. First off, just on yourself, uh, where you grew up, uh, the, your schooling, what you're doing now. Just give everyone a background on Kendall Kirkland that we just don't know from watching the three episodes.
0: Got it, got it. Yeah. So I'm from San Diego, California, born and raised. Um, I went to college as well. I went to San Diego State, so I'm an Aztec. Yeah. I got my degree in public administration. Um, I have my real estate license as well. I've jumped into the training sphere, so I'm also a certified personal trainer. And I started some online coaching with personal training. And I also have a few automated businesses. Um, I have a credit repair business as well. And I really just dived into entrepreneurship over the past three to four years, just trying to scale and create different avenues to really grow wealth.
1: Nice you are so you're 26 and erica's 25 or is it 25 and 24
0: so now i'm 27 erica's 25
1: okay so 27 okay so you were 26 25 on the show and you i guess since then had your birthday okay um so kind of how did it all start for you guys i guess with you and erica how did you guys meet and how long has it been again that you guys have been together
0: Man, so right now it's been about three years. So I met Erica when I was in Vegas. I was on a guy's trip. Erica was on a girl's trip. We had a mutual friend, and his friend was with her friend. So they mm-hmm. met up, and you know, uh, Erica was there as well. I seen her come down the escalator, and I was like, okay, I can I can work with I can work with that. Um, so we ended up talking that day. Um, we we ate, we laughed, we talked. And then ever since then, we've just been communicating every single day and started growing and building a relationship. So it really spawned off of a friendship at first because I wasn't expecting to you know, jump straight into a relationship with her, but we just really liked each other. We really liked um, the qualities that we had, and we just got along so well.
1: And how did the casting come together uh, for you guys? Were one of you reached out to? Did Were you approached as a couple? How did it happen for you guys uh, in regards to this show? And then once you were... Were you familiar with Temptation Island? Had you watched either of the first two seasons when you first were approached about it?
0: Yeah. So I, I've seen the opportunity online. Um, I decided to submit us. Um, we were going through a season where um, I felt like we both were just having so many different problems and um, I thought the opportunity would be great for us. I've seen the show in the past. I didn't watch the full seasons, but I caught snippets of the episodes, mm-hmm. um, but actually looking at and watching the season is a lot different than being there after going through the experience. But, um, I thought it would be great for us. I think it, w- it was going to bring us clarity. It was going to give us the answers that we needed. Uh, it was going to be a different approach to things because in our daily life, we're always inundated with emails, phones, texts, different things, and life gets in the way. So I wanted to see, you know, with time apart, do we actually want to be together long-term? Because I, I was really here to – I want to be with my partner long-term. I want to get married and so forth. And and I want to just make sure I was with the right person. And sometimes me and Erica have so many issues that we both question things at times.
1: So you said you were the one that you know saw it online, approached it. When you came to Erica with it, what was her initial reaction to this?
0: Initially, when I told Erica about Temptation Island, she was like, "No, I'm not doing that. It's uh, that that sounds crazy. Uh, I would never do something like that." But after you know, we went through uh, the whole interview phase, and she started understanding the whole concept of the show. She's seen how it could potentially bring us value by being in such a, a different situation. So she was open to it after some time.
1: So when you get to Maui and you first set foot on the island and you guys start meeting the other couples, I, you know, I, asked, I asked Tom and Chelsea this, so I'm going to ask you this in regards to the other couples. First off, I want, I want to know what your first impressions were when you first encountered Julian and Kristen, Tom and, and Chelsea, and Corey and Aaron. So first off, when you first saw Julian and Kristen together, do you remember what you first thought?
0: Um, yeah, I thought I thought that they had a great chemistry. Um, I felt like they looked good together. Um, they looked like they meshed really well. Um, I was excited to get to know them. And, yeah, I just thought they looked like great people.
1: And how about Tom and Chelsea?
0: Um, very smooth, very, very easy going. Tom was smiling nonstop. So yeah. I already knew me and him would get along. And, and after, you know, just small conversations, I could tell he was a thinker like how I am. And I was looking forward to to talking to him as well.
1: And then, uh, and then Corey and Aaron. Yeah, Corey and Aaron, they're great. Um, they also live in San Diego,
0: so we had a lot of similarities. Um, just very easygoing people. Like I felt like we had a great group. All the couples just, I felt like we meshed well as a, as a whole unit.
1: Is is there? Um, was there one of the guys of the of the three other guys when you first met them? Is there one of them that when you first saw them, you felt either? Is there one that you first said? I definitely think I'm going to vibe with this guy, and then on the flip side, was there a guy like, I think I might need a little more time with him before maybe I see us getting along? Just out of I
0: curiosity. mean, when I first seen Julian, I thought that, okay, it uh, seems like he's, I mean, we're both tall. Like, I'm 6'3", he looked like he could have played sports, you yeah. know, um, so I was interested to see his background, um, and in regards to first look at anybody else,
1: I didn't feel like there's anybody I wouldn't be able to get along with, because...
0: I mean, I feel like I'm an easy person to talk to, and everybody just seems so approachable and yeah. so welcoming.
1: So what what would you say, I mean, when you're talking about your, your things with Erica and wh- you know, why you went on the show, mm-hmm. what would you say, I guess, was your biggest – I mean, obviously there was probably a, a, a few factors here and there, but was there a, a yeah. number one factor that stuck out in your relationship with Erica that's like, I think this is the reason we need to do this?
0: For me, the number one thing was – um, us really being at a place um, of knowing what we both want in terms of life goals, aspirations, drive, and being fully compatible in every sense. Because Erica is a great woman inside and out. I love everything about Erica. But I felt like sometimes our wants and values kind of shifted sometimes based off of our seasons in life. I felt like there was moments where I wanted to grind. I wanted to hustle. She felt like I was too hard on her at times. And I was too abrasive, but I'm, I'm trying to explain to her I'm doing a lot of things out of love because I want to make sure that we can have a great future together. I want to, I'm doing all of these things for us so that we're not worried about things in the future. Um, and sometimes I feel like her mindset was different than mine's. So I feel like going to the island, we would be able to see if we actually wanted the same things out of life. So to me, that was a huge just underlying thing in our relationships. Like, hey, do we both want the same things or are we both compatible in the way that we think that we are?
1: Yeah, and I, I mean I guess like you said, like Marcus said when he's sitting down with you guys at bonfire, it's just like you you know there's there's things here. You wouldn't be here if there wasn't some sort of issue and you guys you guys had yeah. yours and I think you know for you um you first started out and you know going back to episode 2, yeah, episode 2, you know, you seemed to vibe uh, right away with Alexis and you know the there was the angels and devils party and we saw what we Mm -hmm. saw and, um, (laughs) you know, it was, you know, some people are, uh, really taken aback by that and really bothered by, by that. I think one of the other things that, that kind of plays into that before we jump into that is this idea that you and, uh, um, I was gonna say Kendall, you and Erica came to the Island and you guys had no rules. Whereas some other couples said, you know, when I talked to Chelsea last week, she said no kissing, nobody in bed. And no sex. Like there's, if Tom does any of that. It seems like she's she's done. So you guys came to the island with no rules. Explain this this conversation of we don't. I don't want to put any handcuffs on you. You don't want to put any handcuffs on me. Explain that to everybody.
0: All right. So for me, the whole ideology of of no rules is to truly see what the partner wants to do. So with, with the whole party having fun, turning up like we we had a great time. Yeah. And I feel like there's times in a relationship where we always had so much structure when we came into this. I didn't want to have structure. I didn't want her, you know, holding back or doing, or not doing something because she didn't want to. Like if she truly finds a connection with somebody and she feels like someone's a better partner for her, I I say that you should, you know, be with that person. For me, I didn't want to make her feel like she couldn't fully enjoy the experience and dive into the experience. So no rules is the only way to me that makes sense. If you go in there with a preconceived notion like, "Hey, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that." There's no way you can you can fully dive into the experience and then you're going to be leaving the island with regrets. I didn't want to leave the island with any regrets, and it's better to say, "Oops," sometimes than to, "Oh, I wish I should have." So that was my idea with with the no rules, and after explaining it to Erica, she completely understood where I was coming from, and the whole experience was was miraculous.
1: So obviously, I know that the online community can be harsh, and um, yep. people are of everything that we've seen through through episodes so far. I'd I'd say that you're probably taking the most heat, and mm-hmm. there are people that are saying Kendall came on the show to basically cheat or not that yep. to, yeah. I mean, you get when you know what people are saying. Um, you've you've, yeah. you've you address this on uh, an Instagram story for a little bit that, you know, just like, Hey, let's, let's back off the, uh, the judgments here. Um, yep. when you made that uh, I- explain exactly what you were trying to get at when you were telling people, Hey, let's, let's let this play out. Let's not jump to conclusions here. Exactly. what, what were you trying to get across with that?
0: So I was basically trying to get across is, um, people don't really know what I bring to the table or, or who I am. Me and Erica have so many, different things that make our relationship so great. And although there are lapses, um, no one can judge me or think that I'm a narcissistic, controlling person. That's what people are saying. Yeah. Like the reason why we are here is to be able to get to know other people and I'm fully diving into the experience. So when it comes to my decision-making on the island, if I'm saying no rules, there should be no reason why you should be judging my actions. That makes zero sense. And I'm the type of person that can, can make a mistake. I can own a mistake. And then I can make shifts, and I want to learn certain things for myself as well. So I didn't want to hold back. I just wanted to fully dive into things, and I'm just really not worried about other people's opinions. Like everybody's going to say that they know what it takes to be a good man, but if you sit Erica down at any time um, of the week, any day, any time, whatever, she knows who I am. She knows my heart, and she knows that one action or one snippet or one puzzle piece of the things that you see on the show is not truly the person I am all the time like i'm a fun person i like to do things and all that but i'm not the type of person intentionally going on the island to cheat or to hurt erica we had a lot of conversations leading up to the island i didn't expect things to to escalate with the you know the devil's angels party and have fun so fast but the experience on the island is like one day is like a whole month on the island so that that's just the main thing i would want to get across anybody that's judging me and saying. I'm there to hurt, or she deserves better. You don't know what she's getting from me. She feels emotionally fulfilled, spiritually fulfilled, financially fulfilled. Like she feels safe with me, and I never want to control a woman, or I would have put rules and stipulations on the experience. So, I'm I'm here to to grow, and I want her to grow as well. And that's just what I have to say.
1: Yeah, um, and you said like people have mentioned online, you know, calling you a narcissist or whatever. Is this something that has ever come out of Erica's mouth to you?
0: Um, there's, there's times where it's came out in spurts, but I don't think that it's ever been a consistent thing. Um, I think that it's really just not seeing eye to eye on certain situations. And I feel like there's times where I see in the future a little faster. So I'm always forward thinking. I'm always thinking three steps ahead. And if I'm letting her know something, it's, I don't, I don't really care about me all the time. Like things that I do, I want to put Erica first. I want to make sure that she's taken care of everything that I do is is in her favor. So sometimes it can be seen as narcissistic because people don't know what it means to truly have someone that cares about you. Like there's, there's so many personal situations that we went through where I had to jump through hoops just to make sure that she was taken care of and do things that men normally don't do. Um, And I think a lot of women, when you have a man that's able to lead, having a man that knows how to lead you in the right way is, is a plus. So although a man makes mistakes and you might see him in a certain light and on a certain pedestal, you should never judge a man or kick him when he's down. No no human is perfect. So there's times where she didn't see eye to eye or she might have thought, oh, man, this is narcissistic behavior. But after looking at certain things, she sees that I was actually really trying to do things in her best favor.
1: When the Devils and Angels party happened, like I said, you it seemed like you connected with uh, Alexis. You go on a first date uh-huh. with her. In um, Tuesday night's episode, you uh, go on a second date with her and, you know, Clearly, we'll get to the, the date in a second, but just tell everyone what your initial – I mean, obviously, we only see snippets of hours and hours yeah. of footage on the show. Why did you connect yeah. with Alexis over um, any of the other 11 girls that were there? What what was it about Alexis that initially draw drew you to her and continued for you to ask her on the second date?
0: Uh, well, Alexis, she was just very easy to talk to. Um, I feel like her intentions were pure from the get-go. She made it very clear that she was interested in me, interested in getting to know who I am, my story. Um, and our conversation grew every single day. We were able to talk about just a bunch of different topics. And I feel like really comfortable with her. And our first date went well. And I just decided to, to take her on the second date as well.
1: Was either of the first – I mean, obviously they showed on the first date um, you're not um, <laughs> a professional swimmer. Um, so were you, <laughs> were you a little – were you – Actually, at some point, like I don't even want to go in the water. Or were you cool with? Hey, as long as I have a jacket on and a little water weenie or whatever they're called, um, you know hey. what? What's the? We were you were you intimidated by that uh, first date in terms of the water? Or were you like, yes. I'm, I'm good, I can do this.
0: So, the, so the first day, I've never been in open water in my life. Oh, okay. so yeah. I've never jumped into open water. I've never been in water over ten feet or anything like that. So. I wasn't going to get in the water at all, but after talking with Alexis, I I felt comfortable going into the water. Um, She knew how to swim. um, She helped me out. And then once I got into the water, I felt a lot more at ease, and I felt more comfortable. But initially looking at it, I was like, no, I'm not doing that. There's no way you're going to get me in the water. Everybody else was jumping in, uh, diving in, and I was just kind of standing on the sidelines. And and she even stood right there with me. like, if you want to get in, we can. If you don't want to get in, we don't have to get in. So I, I wanted to jump out of my comfort zone and get in the water, and I'm glad that I did.
1: And then on and on Tuesday's episode, I remember you guys, you know, talking on land um, about, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of where you're going to go with this relationship. What was the daytime portion of it? Was it was it kayaking or something like that? Paddleboarding?
0: Yes. Yes. So so we were back. (laughs) We we were doing kayaking. We had a barbecue. um, We were playing games on the beach, um, but it was back in the water. So it was a little it was a little crazy at first. We were racing, you know. Uh, Tom and, and Sophia, we, we were having fun. We were moving out in the water again. It was another water activity. Um, got some great content. Um, but it was, it was fun. It was another one of those days where I felt like I was comfortable with here once again. Um, we had some great conversation. We just had a blast.
1: And then, obviously, um, that nighttime portion is pretty much kind of what everyone's talking about, how the episode ended on Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> um, first off, I got to say that I think one of the funniest – Parts about the ending of the sh- uh, of the episode with you and uh, Alexis yeah. in the room and stuff like that is the fact that um, you hadn't put up your ironing board yet, and it was just kind of there in the background. <laughs> <room. laughs> Did you notice that? What were you ironing? What was it? Your shirt? Your pants? Yeah. What I mean, it?
0: look, look. This is the thing. I iron my clothes every single day on the island. I iron okay. my shirt, my pants, everything. So you know, I left it out. It was a busy day. I was moving and grooving all day. I seen people coming for me for the iron, but you know. Days move fast on the island, so yeah. I didn't have time to make up my bed and, and put up the iron, but, <laughs> you know, if somebody can see me in my natural habitat and not judge me for that, I'm, I'm normally the clean guy, so I don't like stuff all over the place. I'm not a clutterer, um, and, and I value those things, but I just didn't have the time because I was so busy moving around.
1: Yeah. So when Alexis goes back to your room, um, is it something where you were like, I mean, obviously, we don't know what happens next episode yet. I mean, people can uh, yeah. pretty much assume that I guess she probably stays the night. But is it something to where you were like, I don't want to like I'm fi- I'm fine with this progressing as we get deeper into the show. But I mean, I think at that point it couldn't have been more than a week in real time on the island yet. Um, So was there a part of you that's like, this is too early or were you just like, hey, I'm just going to kind of go with the flow here?
0: Uh, Well, for me, I was – well, we had a a great date. Um, The evening activities was fun. I wanted some more time. So before all that, when we were in the room, we were actually talking in the room for about an hour. So there's times where there's so many people, there's so much chaos. We were literally just up there talking at first. So people were seeing the end of us talking after we we left the festivities from downstairs. So it wasn't like, hey, I want you to just jump in the bed or do something like that because I told her from the get-go – my goal is not to do anything sexual with any anybody on this show or during this whole experience. Like I just want to get to know people, you know, have fun, enjoy the experience for what it is and kind of live every day day by day.
1: So what was your ultimate like I when I spoke to Tom, I mean basically I I told him and and after watching because I had only seen the first two episodes when I interviewed Tom and I was like Tom, the yeah. impression I get is your goal for coming to the island was I want to prove to my woman that I could go through this. Uh, I'm going to prove to Chelsea that I can go through this without cheating and or without and show, show her that she can trust me and I'm not the flirt that she makes me out to be. And even though I do flirt at the end of the day, I'm still coming home to you, Chelsea. So I guess my question to you would be, what was your ultimate goal at the end when you, when you set foot on Maui from the time that you left, what did you want to accomplish when you got there?
0: Um, for me, I really wanted to um, get to know some of the ladies in the villa. I wanted to see if the things and the way that I carry myself and the way that I expect excellence sometimes can work with somebody else it, or or some of my ways just off the charts or unbearable. Um, so I wanted to just really assess myself, um, get to a different level of self-awareness and really come in tune with who I am as a person and just learn and grow from each and every day and from the experiences. And I also wanted to see if what me and Erica had could last long-term and if she's truly the person that I need to be with for the rest of my life. So it wasn't just to go there and to um, jump and, and mess around with somebody else or to cheat on her or anything like that. It really was to, to soul search.
1: What do you think Erica's mindset was going in with you? Do you think that she expected the same in return from you or – her own behavior, where Where do you think Erica's head was at as you guys stepped foot on the island?
0: Um, in the beginning, I feel like it was it was just so new to her. I feel like she was at a place where she wanted to have that, that separation and she wanted to do things on her own, make her own decisions, come into who she was as a woman, and be able to solidify the things that she wants out of life and out of a relationship and make things more concrete. Because although we, we had a great situation, there are still some things where we didn't see eye to eye on, them, which is really just some long-term things and how we viewed life and how we viewed the world and things that we wanted to do. But after going through the experience, I feel like um, she's learned and grown a lot. I feel like she also wanted to, to gain a lot more confidence in herself. I feel like there's moments where she didn't feel confident in our relationship based off of some things I wasn't doing. But for me, I don't think any woman should put her confidence or her level of where she is in life on the man. I feel like, You should come into the relationship as a whole and the man should come as a whole and you guys should be two whole people in a relationship together. You guys should grow and love each other together. And I never wanted to pull away from Erica. I never wanted to to take away from her experience. And I hope that she got everything that she wanted out of the experience.
1: So we saw the end of episode two and the beginning of episode three was kind of the cliffhanger of Erica at the bonfire and just really struggling with self confidence and kind of maybe even what she wanted out of this. Um when you saw that first bonfire of her, what went through your mind?
0: Um for me I wasn't really worried. Um just because it was just a clip with, with her sitting and vibing and talking to her date. And
1: Oh no I, I, I know no, that I actually, she's great- I actually meant the um when you watched the episode and you saw her struggling when Mark after after Mark showed her your clip.
0: Was, oh yeah. 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 That's oh, yeah, saying. it was it was rough watching it. It yeah. was it was rough watching it. Um, yeah, it just it just evoked something out of me because uh, it just showed that she really cared about me in a, in a different sense, um, that we just have a different connection um, and that things that I do um, really impact her. Yeah. And I didn't want to hurt her throughout the experience. I didn't want to break her heart or anything like that. And that was never the goal. That's never been the goal. Um, but also seeing a different person, and I see her changing um, after that experience. I've seen a shift.
1: No, I hear you. I mean, it was she was obviously probably affected the most out of any of the women out of the first, you know, seeing the first bonfire clips, and it just seems like she was kind of in her head and not fully confident in, I don't know, just maybe your relationship or where she felt yes. like she was in your relationship. Because I think the over are the. The consensus seems to be that you're running the show in the relationship and Erica doesn't have a say in much. Yeah. So your response to that is not true.
0: Yeah, no, not not at all. So I I edify Erica every single day. I, I let Erica know that she's amazing. She's a conqueror. She's an overcomer. She can do anything that she wants to, anything that she puts her mind to. But I'm also a practical person, and I tell her, although you can do these things, things won't happen without application or without work. So that's where we kind of bump heads. I never like taking control of a relationship because there's certain aspects that I don't want to take control of. There's certain things that I want the woman to lead. Um, it's great to to be the man and, and the head of a relationship, but I like a woman who is who's also strong as well and can hold her own. And then we can also come together and we can collaborate and do things together and be even stronger together. So there's times where I feel like I was pulling the weight on my own and and she wasn't doing things that i felt like she could really help and there's times where she probably felt like she wasn't feeling appreciative over the little things that she did like because she always made sure i was straight she always made sure that i was good anything that she could do within her power she felt like it was never enough i always wanted more kendall always wants more he always wants more and there's times where i had to take a step back and i had to look like hey maybe i i can be a little bit more appreciative maybe i can't acknowledge a lot of the little things that you're doing because I love you inside and out. I love you to the move back. Like, I don't want you to feel like that. And I didn't always realize how I was making her feel just by not acknowledging certain little things. So that that was uh, some issues that we dealt with. Um, But I never just wanted to take the lead. I always did everything I could to make sure that she knew that she had power in the relationship as well. But I feel like she didn't really believe it just due to internal things and insecurities and her own confidence.
1: Do you think there's part of that part of your personality just comes from, you know, I've... I've had a personal trainer before, and there's somebody yeah. that are, you know, constantly pushing you and telling you that, you know, it's just some, just some of the stuff that you've said in your answers about things not coming easy. And, you know, especially when it comes to working out, it's, you know, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. I mean, stuff like that yeah. seems to be coming across in your vernacular. And I'm just like, okay, it, it kind of makes sense some of the things that you're saying because you come from a, a fitness training background because you don't get, yep. you don't get to where you are you know the way you look, body-wise, uh, by by not pushing yourself and not working harder. And I, it seems like <clears throat> when you say certain things about Erica, it's like I I think you're saying I think maybe I'm wrong here, but you're saying that maybe that she gets complacent in certain things or things she expects things to come to her as opposed to grabbing the bull by the horns herself. Is that yeah. fair?
0: Yeah, that's that's an excellent interpretation of that, okay. uh, and that's where we kind of. Um, bump heads because in, in a lot of areas she'll tell me that she wants to do certain things and as, as her man I want to do whatever I can to support if you're yeah. telling me you want to start a business or if you're telling me you want to go on this trip okay let's let's make it happen let's let's put boots on the ground and, and get the work done so that we can do whatever we want to do let's let's have a prosperous life let's love each other um, let's do everything that we can so I feel like there's a, a thousand times where who is bump heads when it actually came to sitting down and doing things and putting the work in and, and in any relationship you want to have a partner who's resilient. You want to have a partner that you know you can go through trials with, that you can get through things with. Because so many people fall and fail when there's one instance or one one mess up or there's one bad thing that happens. And to me, that's not life. No no, no relationship goes up in an upward trajectory without anything falling down. So, And I know the way that I approach things and the way that I say things sometimes can be very matter of fact. Um, And I've been getting better at even mentioning things like I always want to say a few positive things like, hey, you know, you're doing great with this. Um, What what else can I do to just be available to you instead of saying, hey, that's not good enough. You're you're never not good enough. And I never told her she's never not good enough. She's not beautiful. She's not smart. Those words have never came out of my mouth. But I I feel like the way that women process things, sometimes I just need to be a little just even better with with just making sure that she feels special um, with just the little things that she is contributing and doing Um, in every asset.
1: Well, this final question might be tough to answer because you can't give anything away, but um, (laughs) the rest of the the season, I mean, I guess, can you tell us something to um, what we can expect, you know, not results-wise, but just on your journey for yourself, what we, uh, the audience, can expect coming up in these next uh, remaining nine episodes, I believe?
0: Um, Yeah, you can definitely expect to see Um, A lot of fun times, um, a lot of new experiences for me, very new experiences. Um, A lot of times where I'm I'm able to express and talk about my feelings and my emotions and opening up more. Um, I'm the type of person that never really liked opening up emotionally. And I wasn't always emotionally available for women because I didn't always trust women. And for me, it just takes a lot. And I really have to see something special in order to want to open up emotionally and be vulnerable. And that's something that we also struggle with as well. So throughout this whole journey, you'll see me get vulnerable. You'll see me um, peel back the layers a little bit and you'll see a person who's evolving and you'll see a lot of things that might shock you too.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I think that's for everybody that goes on <laughs> this show um, they probably are stripped down to a emotional core that they probably never had to strip down do before in their life. Yeah. But when you're stripped of, you know, television, phone, books, reading, and it's just you talking to other people and also sitting in whatever you want to call them, confessionals, ITMs, um, you're, you're you're forced to talk about things internally that maybe you've never talked about before. So uh, it's good to hear that we get that coming. It's good to hear that you got to that point and And uh, clearly uh, we'll all be watching. It's certainly going to be interesting, um, especially – the beginning of next episode we'll all see how that kicks off and uh kendall i i appreciate you coming on man um good luck the rest of the season even though you already know what happens um but <laughs> I, I appreciate uh i appreciate you coming on and and giving everybody a little bit of a more of an in-depth look at kendall kirkland
0: for sure thank you i appreciate you thank you for having me on um if you need anything else feel free to reach out and let me know um it's exciting i hope everyone loves the season you know, Keep keep the judgments away. Just watch the show. Enjoy the show. This is real. Everything that you see is real. And you definitely see some transformations.
1: Got it. Thank you very much, Kendall. No problem. Thank you so much to Kendall for that. Um, I know a lot of you have been critical of Kendall. And you have every right to be. They Those were his answers. And you just kind of go from it from there. Obviously, we still have nine episodes to see. And they already have released a clip for next week where the women have a talent show and... Alexis her talent is I think making the first move and she just goes up and tongues Kendall in front of everybody. So, it's clearly it's clearly starting down the road of Kendall and Alexis have a thing. It's just a matter of how serious it gets. Does he leave the island with her? Does he dump Erica? All this stuff. We just we we just don't know, but um you know, those were those were Kendall's answers and I know a lot of people are already critical of him. So now that you've heard him speak, are you still critical or do you see things the way he sees things? I I think everyone's going to be different. So take it from there. But I thank him for coming on next week. Hopefully I'll have Erica on. That's who I want to get on for next week's uh, podcast. So we're always going to have a temptation Island podcast guest on in addition to someone else or in addition to me talking Bachelorette stuff. So, Thank you to Kendall for coming on. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple Podcast. Much appreciated. We are back next week with podcast number 225. But until then, for Kendall Kirkland, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. And we will talk to you next week. See you.